There's a story that I've heard from at least three different adults, all of them a bit younger than me, but not by much. I'll tell it from the perspective of one of these people, a woman who asked specifically for a chaplain to come and talk to her. She wasn't a patient. Her mother was in the hospital being treated for the ravages of severe alcoholism. This woman did not want to talk in front of her mother And so we sat down in a remote waiting area where there was no one else around. We'll call her Ellen. Ellen said that she realized that her mother was very sick and that her mother was going to need a lot of care. Ellen's mother had been living in Southern California, but late one night several months ago, Ellen got a call from the police in her mother's city saying that her mother had been driving drunk and had passed out at the wheel and crashed her car. She wasn't badly hurt, but the officer was genuinely concerned for the safety of this older woman. We'll call Ellen's mother Terry. Terry had given the officer her daughter's phone number. Ellen had two other siblings that lived in other parts of the country, but neither of them wanted to have anything to do with Terry. They had all grown up with a mother who was frequently passed out on the living room floor. They would find her when they got up to go to school in the morning. Terry had been a loving mother when she was sober, and much of the time she was very caring, making school lunches, creating Halloween costumes, taking them to softball and baseball games, and teaching them to ride bicycles but there were simply too many bad memories for Ellen's two siblings. So when that officer called, Ellen had no one else to turn to. Her father was dead. It was just Ellen. Ellen was a Christian. She felt a responsibility for her mother. So she had moved her mother out to Colorado and placed her in an assisted living facility and in an intense program for alcoholics. The program, at least so far, had been successful. Terry was no longer drinking. She had a lot of health problems. What Helen wanted to talk about was her anger at having to take care of a mother who had caused her to have so many horrible childhood memories. She told me about incidents, such as the time that her mother drove drunk to school to pick her up and got pulled over in front of the school, right in front of Ellen's friends. Another time, she had possibly been in withdrawal, Ellen wasn't sure, but after Ellen had struck out three times during a softball game, her mother screamed at her nonstop all the way home, telling her that she would never be able to do anything in life if she didn't try harder. What Ellen wanted to know was how she was going to take care of her mother. She knew that she had to do it, but it was going to be terrible to have to provide loving care for Terry. There's a story in the book of Daniel that I'd like to look at. As a bit of background, Daniel was one of the Israelites who was sent into exile in Babylon after a mighty nation, Babylon, conquered Israel. 
Israel was a much smaller and militarily weaker country. In the beginning of Daniel, chapters 1 to 6, Daniel describes events that occurred during this period. In the rest of Daniel, we read about visions that Daniel had. The passage I'm interested in here is from the beginning of the book, chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has an image of himself made from gold. It's about 90 feet tall, and at the dedication of the image, people are ordered to worship it as a sign of loyalty. Three youths named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. Now they dismiss Nebuchadnezzar's threats. The threat is that if they don't worship the image, it means death. They proclaim that they will not worship that image or any of the gods of Babylon. They say that they have faith in the one true God. They say that God's power is greater than the king's, and they say that God might choose to save them or God might not do so. Even if God doesn't rescue them, they will still have unconditional trust in God. Whatever God decides to do with them is fine with them. The point, of course, is that God, not Nebuchadnezzar, is in control of their ultimate fate. Irate, the king orders them bound, and he orders the fire to be cranked up to such a heat that it kills the men who have bound the three youths. They're tossed into the fire. But then the Babylonians see that the three boys are down there walking around in the fire unharmed. And now there's a fourth person down there. God has not only protected them from fire, he has sent an angel to comfort them. The king is so impressed that he advocates for the three young men throughout the empire of Babylon. They are to be protected always, and anyone who speaks against their God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is to be gruesomely punished. In effect, by showing their incredible trust in God to do whatever is best, God not only keeps them from being burned, which the three of them could have done simply by worshiping the golden image of the king, God allows all the Israelites to be free to worship their true God. God has done something incredible with the trust that the boys showed. Getting back to Ellen and her mother, Terry, Ellen said that it was just very hard for her to express love for her mother. The problem was that Terry wasn't satisfied with just being taken care of, with Ellen helping her find a place to live near Ellen, with Ellen helping her financially, with Ellen making doctor's appointments for her and going to the doctor with her, and with visiting her at the hospital, Terry also needed, and in fact demanded, emotional support. Terry needed Ellen to show empathy for her, to say that she loved her, to act like a daughter who truly and deeply cared for her mother. 
The problem, of course, was that every time Ellen went to offer emotional support to her mother, Ellen's mind was filled with memories, terrible ones, of her childhood. Ellen told me about something that had happened just that morning. A doctor had just told Terry that her liver was badly damaged and, in fact, permanently damaged, and this had frightened Terry. She reached out for Ellen, and when Ellen went to hug her, all Ellen could think of was the time that she, Ellen, had been sick with the flu in her bedroom, and when she asked her mommy to please stay with her, Terry just walked away and went back to the kitchen to get another drink. I told Ellen that she shouldn't put too much on her shoulders, that the fact that she was willing to help her mother to invest her time and her money in taking care of Terry showed that she was a good person. She, unlike her two siblings, was willing to honor their mother despite the bad memories they had of their childhoods. God doesn't ask us to pretend. God knows that we're human. God made us the way we are. And it was a sign of Ellen's true depth of faith as a Christian that she felt responsible for taking care of her mother. I asked her if she knew that Terry had a disease, that alcoholism isn't something that somebody has by choice. Ellen said yes, she knew this, and that was the reason she felt so guilty, so stressed out by all of this. If her mother had been negligent or abusive and had not had any apparent illness, it would have been a lot easier for Ellen. It was the sense that she should be loving to her mother fully and unconditionally. That's what was causing so much conflict for Ellen. I told Ellen to please just do what she felt she should do for her mother, but that it was perfectly fine to distance herself emotionally. Terry would just have to come to understand that her alcoholism had impacted more than just Terry. It had impacted her children in a very big way. I said that Ellen should feel good about herself. She was struggling with her feelings and doing her absolute best to honor her mother and to honor God. The story of the three youths is perhaps the best story about trusting God in the entire Bible. God doesn't just rescue the boys, which would have already been a phenomenal thing. God used these boys to serve the entire exiled nation of Israel. Instead of having to worship the gods of the Babylonians, instead of having to worship King Nebuchadnezzar, the people of Israel end up being protected by that king. They gained religious independence. This is a far more significant thing than it might seem. As Americans, we're used to having this freedom to worship God as we wish. This was not how things were done in the ancient world in that part of the world. Now, Ebuchadnezzar did not himself become a follower of the true God. He continued with his worshiping of pagan gods and with having people worship him as a god, but he did decree this. Any people 
nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. This was truly astonishing for that time and place. This is what God did with the trust of those three boys. I saw Ellen again. Her mother was in the hospital for quite some time. The day that her mother was being discharged, Ellen looked me up. We sat down again in a quiet place. She looked far more relaxed. The tension was gone from her face. She was smiling for the first time that I had witnessed. She told me that she repeated to her mother something that I had said to her, that she was doing her best to honor Terry and God, that it was simply important that Ellen distance herself a bit emotionally from her mother. This caused the two of them to have the frankest talk they had ever had. Terry apologized for letting her disease get in the way of providing a safe and secure home for her children. She said that she loved Ellen very much and that she understood why Ellen couldn't treat her the way most children treat their mothers. We're all imperfect, Terry said, and she knew that Ellen would have dismissed and forgotten the normal daily mistakes that all parents make. Terry understood that in Ellen's case, things were very different. She had to give Ellen some grace. It was then that Ellen felt her heart fill with a forgiveness for her mother. There were still many, many deep scars. She would always have trouble showing true empathy for Terry, she imagined. But the two of them were finally talking about the wall that had always stood between them ever since Ellen's childhood. Ellen said that being confronted with the responsibility of taking care of her mother, something that had caused great distress for her, ended up being the path to finally beginning that healing process from the injuries of her childhood. Ellen said that it would be a lot easier now for her to serve God by serving her mother. (laughs) 